You're listening to media from University Lutheran Church and Student Center in Tallahassee, Florida. We are a Jesus-centered community of scripture, faith, and grace located on the campus of Florida State University. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes in order to give us a sound of our inclusion into the kingdom of God through the waters of holy baptism. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there's this well, kind of lame pastor joke that goes around. I hope you'll, you'll sort of let me tell it to you. Uh, so, so there's this pastor, and, and he's going out, and he's making a, a visitation call at, at somebody's house. And so he goes to this person's house, and he knocks on the door, and, uh, and, and uh, he knocks on the door and knocks on the door, and nobody answers. And, uh, and so he leaves a little note, and he thinks that he's going to be, you know, sort of the clever pastor guy. And so as the clever pastor guy, the note that he writes is, uh, behold, I stood at the door and knocked, um, which is yeah, paraphrasing Jesus. And, and uh, sure enough, you know, that, that works out and um, uh, he, he leaves when he's going to come back again. Uh, and when he comes back, he notices that there's a new note on the door, kind of a post-it note put on there. And it says, um, uh, behold, I was, uh, I, I was afraid for I was naked. <laughs> it's kind of a lame joke. But it gets to the moment that we're talking about in this reading from Genesis. A lot of us have a sensation of what it's like to be in a, in a place, in a situation where we're maybe you know, sort of a little bit afraid of a sound that might be coming. You know, maybe that's the sound of the timer clicking down until you have no time left for your test. Or uh, maybe it's, it's the, the sort of sound of that moment that you know that you can't turn that paper in anymore. It's, it's over. Maybe it's the sound of uh, your father coming home and uh, you having been told by your mother, you just wait until your father gets home. Maybe it's the sound of something else that causes you to sort of straighten up and uh, kind of look around and be super aware of what's happening. That's the moment that Adam and Eve are having in this reading. That moment where they know that they have done something wrong. They know that they have sinned. They know that they have done something that God has explicitly and specifically told them not to do. And yet, because the snake has tempted Eve, and Eve has succumbed to that temptation and then passed that temptation on to Adam, they know all of a sudden, oh, this... This is not good. And so we have that, that kind of moment. And that moment where they know that they've done wrong. And into that moment, that's an interesting thing for us to remember. Is that they know that what they've done wrong. 
They know that what they have done wrong is specifically and explicitly that they have eaten a fruit that God has told them not to eat of. That's what's going on here. And so now they're hiding, and they hear God tramping around in the garden, whatever that sounds like. I don't know if that sounds like Godzilla walking through the city, or if that sounds, you know, more like God's just kind of taking a morning walk, and, and it sounds more like a human being. We don't know what it sounds like for God to be walking in the garden in the cool of the day, but we know that whatever that sound is, it is a sound that they go, oops, that's God. You know, maybe God is a whistler. Maybe God, you know, they, they hear him whistling, and they're like, oh, that's God. We better hide. And so God is calling out after them, and, and uh, he, he says, you know, where are you? Uh, but it's interesting what they come back to God with, right? So, so when they respond to God, when Adam and Eve respond to God here, they do not say, behold, I ate some fruit, and because of that, I went and hid, because I know you didn't want me to eat that fruit. But rather, their response back to God is, Behold, I am naked. And because of that, I went and hid. And, and God's response sort of gives that away. You know, God, God goes, What? <laughs> yeah, you're naked. <laughs> You've been naked. That's not a shift in our relationship. But God knows what happened. God says, did you eat of that tree? Because what's going on here is that Adam and Eve are experiencing a very human experience. They're, they're experiencing this experience of this human emotion that is called shame. Now, for us, as especially Westerners, we get guilt and shame mixed up a lot of the times, but they're two different things. So guilt, that, that's when you're guilty of something. So it, it's when you do something that you're not supposed to do, or you didn't do something that you were supposed to do. That's what guilt is. Shame, on the other hand, is an entirely different thing. It's still connected to guilt, it still recognizes that there's something off here, but shame says that you are bad, that you are unworthy, that you are dirty, that you are naked, that you're insecure about your position in the relationship with the other person. That's what shame is all about is this sense of, hey, I'm in this relationship with this person, and because I know that there's something about me that isn't quite right, I feel shame. Now, there are people in our lives with whom we feel less shame, at least. Maybe even no shame. The, the people that we can stand in front of naked... And say, this is it. With no shame. 
But that's not where Adam and Eve are here. Adam and Eve recognize that in this moment that there is something wrong with their relationship with God. And because of that, they are feeling shame. They are feeling like they are unworthy. They are feeling like they are insecure. They are feeling like there is something between them and the other person in this relationship, which is God, that is amiss. And they're actually right. In this moment, there is something wrong in that relationship. But the interesting thing about guilt and shame is that shame is very hard, if not impossible, to fix. But guilt, on the other hand, guilt gets us in the right place, to which we kind of push back away from. Because we go, well, I, I don't want to feel guilty. I may be even better feeling ashamed than what I am feeling guilty. Yeah, there's some moments for us where, where we go, I would rather feel like I'm ashamed, like there's something wrong with my relationship with somebody else than if I feel like I actually did something bad. But it ends up that guilt is the way out. Guilt is the way out, and God shows Adam and Eve that guilt is the way out. He says, what did you do? Don't tell me that you're naked. What did you do? Oh, well, uh, there was this snake, and I ate, and then I gave to him, and now we're guilty. And then God deals with that. You see, God refuses, for whatever reason, to deal with their shame itself. But rather, he says, let's take your shame and let's move that over into guilt because guilt is something that we can handle. Guilt is something that has consequences. Guilt is something that has some concrete aspects to it. Guilt is something where we go, okay, now I know uh, there's guilt here. And what can we do with guilt? Well, we can be punished for guilt. We're used to being punished for guilt. We, a lot of times, even know that we should be punished for guilt. And sometimes we even want to be punished for guilt because we know that that is going to alleviate our shame. So sometimes we get into this bad position with God where we're actually punishing ourselves, working out our own guilt so that we can somehow in our minds get to this point where we think that we've managed our shame, but really all we've done is just beat up ourselves. Because as much as we try to punish ourselves for the guilt, it seems like it doesn't work out to completely get rid of our shame. And so God punishes Adam and Eve, but that doesn't fix the problem altogether. We know that they are cast out of the garden. We know that they are not allowed to be brought back in, that that punishment of humanity remains, that we are all inherently guilty. And that picture is a picture that we need to keep in mind when we have somebody who is so seemingly innocent 
coming to the waters of holy baptism this morning as Naomi. Because what we recognize about Naomi is even though she's cute as all get out, is that she's guilty. She's guilty of sin just like I'm guilty of sin, just like you're guilty of sin. And because she's guilty of sin, there are consequences to that. But there's even better news. So we don't just move from shame to guilt. And guilt is a little bit easier for us to manage than what shame is. But we don't just move from guilt to shame. But rather, if we see what God does in this reading, he does something amazing. He does something where he says, okay, not only are, do you get these consequences, but I am going to pr- provide something for you. I am going to provide for you garments. Garments that will cover your shame. Garments that will cover your nakedness. And if you notice, there's sort of a weird little inclusion there. What are these garments made out of? Well, they're not made out of polyester. (laughs) They're not even made out of cotton. These garments are made out of skin? Where on earth is God getting skin? Well, God gets skin from the same place that we would get skin. God gets skin from something that is sacrificed. And so, even here, in the first few moments of God's story of humanity, We have something that shows us what God's plan is. That God's plan is to take our shame and turn it into guilt and say, yes, there are some things that you have done wrong. Yes, you should recognize that there are some things that you have done wrong. You have sinned in things that you have done and in things that you haven't done. And that's good news because that's not just shame? That's guilt. You've moved it into a place where you can start to manage it. You can start to work with it. You can start to say, hey, I'm sorry for all of that. But then, over and above that, God brings to you a sacrifice. God brings to you a sacrifice that will cover your sin. God brings to you a sacrifice of his own son, sacrificed so that your shame might be covered up for all of eternity. You know, one of the pictures that the early church had of baptism was that baptism was like a garment. It was like a watery garment that God places over us to cover our sin. That garment, if you've been baptized in this room, that garment is something that you're still wearing today. That garment is something that Naomi gets to have put on her today. And it is that garment 
that is Jesus Christ, his righteousness, sacrificed for us, so that although we may experience guilt on this side of the resurrection, we can always come to him knowing that our relationship between us and him is one that has no shame. Because our shame has been covered up by the blood of his son in the waters of this baptism. Amen.